Happy Easter, Christ Church. Happy Easter, Christ Church, friends and family. This is not the day that any of us expected, but this is a glorious day that still, even in this setting, speaks the truth of Jesus Christ. These are uncertain times that we find ourselves in, but what Easter reminds us is that our God is certain, that His victory is sure, that He has defeated death, and that through Christ, in Christ, you and I share in His victory. This Easter Sunday, we will continue along the path that we have been on over the course of this past week, looking to Luke's account of Jesus' betrayal, His arrest, His death, burial, and His resurrection. I'll read this morning from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12, where we'll look to the meaning of the resurrection and be stirred to respond. Before we turn to this word, would you bow with me in prayer? Father, we thank you that on this day of all days, you remind us that you have conquered the grave. Bless us as we hear your word. And Father, as we hear your word, the word of Christ, we ask that by the power of your spirit, you would give us listening hearts. Do this, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. Friends, this is the inerrant and infallible Word of God. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered His words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. They did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, And he went home marveling at what had happened. It's the word of the Lord. What are your expectations of the Christian life? What is it that you believe the favor of God brings? Do you imagine, do you expect in the Christian life that as we come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, that things will become suddenly easier, that uh, we won't struggle 
any longer. What are your expectations of the Christian life? As you think about those expectations, in light of those expectations, how are you coping with the current coronavirus pandemic? In a world where our health is uncertain, in a world where our work is uncertain, in a world where our relationships are uh, are strained, where we experience the suffering that comes through isolation. How are your expectations of the Christian life playing out today? Maybe the way that we're coping with this current coronavirus pandemic depends on what has shaped our expectations of the Christian life. For you, what have been the shaping factors? Have they been your past experiences? Has it been your cultural context? Or has the Word of God shaped your expectation of the Christian life? Much of Luke's account of the resurrection I believe, is meant to give us an authenticating, illuminating view of the Word of God and to give it a, or give us a victorious context in which we are to interpret the Word of God. I'll explain what I mean as we, as we look to the resurrection account but understand that that authenticating view of the Word of God, that, that understanding of the victorious context of the Word of God is also meant to give us a victorious context of our present suffering. Let's look to Luke's account to see what I mean. The passage that I read for you opened with the women walking to the tomb. They were uh, a part of the, the broader group of disciples, and they had left that group on Easter morning walking to the tomb. But what did they expect to meet when they got to the tomb? They expected a body. Why would they have expected a body? If we looked at the the few verses that came before Luke chapter 24, we would have seen that on uh, on Good Friday, after Jesus' death on the cross, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate if he could receive Jesus' body and bury it. These women went with Joseph of Arimathea. They saw Jesus' body laid in the tomb. They, They saw with their own eyes. They knew where the tomb was. And they went back to their place of rest so that they could gather the the spices and the ointments that would be needed to further prepare Jesus' body for the grave. On Easter morning, they returned. And like most of us, they had expectations of what they would find based on the experiences that they had had. Rather than, the Word of God that they had heard. Yet as these women walked to the tomb, those expectations began to change rather quickly. They came up to the tomb and and the stone had been rolled away. The text tells us that they were perplexed. They were confused. But that confusion quickly gave way to fear. 
Because as they walked up, the text says, Behold. Behold means look. Something new is here. There were two men dressed in dazzling apparel, radiant, with a, a brightness that could not be matched on earth. It was reminiscent of, of the, the dazzling appearance of Jesus at His transfiguration where His, where his glory, His heavenly glory shone through. And on Easter morning, there were two men, two angels, radiating the same glory. And in their presence, the, the ladies hit the ground in fear. Then the angel spoke. The words were a mild rebuke. They asked the ladies, why are you looking here? Why are you looking for Jesus among the dead? We've just said why they looked at the tomb. They had seen His body laid there. They had had been and they had seen. But in verses 6 and 7, the angels challenged him. He's not here, but he's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified? And on the third day, the angels are saying, Remember the words, remember what you have heard. Never mind. What you saw, pay attention to the Word of God. Three times plainly in the Gospel accounts, Jesus would tell the disciples, the broader group, very clearly that He must be handed over, that He must suffer, that He must die, and that He would rise again. They heard, but they weren't listening. Do you know the difference between hearing and listening? The other day, one of my sons asked me a question. Or rather, excuse me, I asked him a question. And I suppose that on some level the, uh, the, the sound waves hit my inner ear, but I tuned him out. I asked a question, but I wasn't paying attention uh, to what he said and And shortly afterwards, I asked him the same question again. (laughs) My son got a kick out of the whole affair. Because oftentimes, I'll get on to him for not listening when he asks me a question. And here I was, had done the same thing. I, I asked the question, on some level I heard the answer, but I was not listening. It did not respond, and my son took delight in telling me that we all at some point, have selective listening. Are we listening to the Word of God? The angels had to remind the ladies. They had heard, but they hadn't heard. And so they came that morning with expectations not based on the Word of God, but on their experience. And many of us, most of us, do the same. Last week, as we came into Palm Sunday, I I made a statement that what we find ourselves in now is a blessing in disguise because we enter into this Easter week stripped away of all of the cultural traditions that we have 
celebrated and that might have taken our focus away from the risen Savior. We are left this Easter with nothing but the Word of God, and the Word of God is enough. Maybe that's the lesson of Luke. That through the resurrection, the Word we have heard must become an experiential reality. The angels were telling the ladies just that. Remember what you heard. And so the ladies went back to the disciples and they told them, remember what we have heard. But the text told us that most who were there didn't believe. Peter was curious. He got up, he ran to the tomb as as Peter would always respond. And and the text told us that, that he marveled. Could it be? Could the Word be true? Later that day, Peter would come face to face with the risen Savior. Later that day, the Word he had heard would become an experiential reality. It's a point of emphasis that Luke makes over and over again. And if we would continue on to the passage that comes after it, we would see this truth being emphasized once again in the Emmaus Road Walkers. I'll ask you, maybe later this day, go back and read the verses that will follow as Jesus, the risen Jesus, would come alongside two of the disciples who were, who were walking the path to Emmaus. These two uh, found themselves in Jesus' company, though initially they were prevented from recognizing Him. That is, until Jesus interpreted the Word of God for them. Till Jesus gave them a new lens through which to see their experience. It was the lens of the resurrection. And then, in the breaking of the bread, these disciples saw. They saw Jesus. Later, Jesus would appear to His disciples in the upper room. And again, Luke tells us that Jesus would open for them the Word of God, explaining the Word of God that throughout... It pointed to Him. Throughout, it affirmed all that would take place. The Word of God spoke to the need for a crucified and resurrected Savior. And so that day, Jesus time and time again pointed His disciples back to the Word. All of them had heard, but they hadn't listened And instead, the expectations that they built around around their lives, around that day, they were set by experience rather than the Word. But in the resurrection, Jesus changed everything. Right or wrong, they needed proof. And Jesus offered the proof for them and for us when He burst forth from the grave. Many of us struggle with the same. We need proof. Can I believe the Gospel? It's the question that many of us are asking. What could possibly validate this good news? The resurrection. That just might be the meaning that we need today.
I once had a friend uh, in college who was from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And my friend would, would tell me these wild tales of, of, of mountain climbing, of, of canoeing in rivers, of, of riding in rodeos, of hunting elk, of meeting all kinds of characters. And my friend was a, he was a stand-up guy. I, I loved him, but I have to be honest with you, there were times when I'd hear these stories and I'd think, really? They seemed like tall tales. Then one fall, I went with my friend back to his home. And we rode, and we climbed, and we canoed, and we met all kinds of characters, and I began to see that all that he had told me was true. All of these tales that seemed so far-fetched were true because now I had seen them with my own eyes. And what I saw authenticated his words. The text told us that the ladies were perplexed, that Peter marveled, that the, the Emmaus Road walkers even doubted. Later in verse 21, we would see that uh, they said, but we had hoped that he, speaking of Jesus, was the one to redeem Israel. They hoped, but in his death, they felt like their hopes were shattered. Each of them had heard, but it was not until they saw, not until they saw the resurrected Savior that they believed. It's the meaning that we find in the resurrection. We see the power of Christ's victory over death, His victory over the grave. It speaks to the power of God, the truth of the Word, all of the Word. And it is why we see throughout the book of Acts that the early preaching in the church was centered on the resurrection. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter would preach and 3,000 were converted, the center point of his preaching was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Later on in the book of Acts, as Paul would preach in various places, You saw it at the Areopagus. You saw it in his own trials that the center point of Paul's preaching was the resurrection. This was the case because these apostles had seen the risen Savior and they knew that dead men don't rise unless, of course, the dead man is the God-man. And on Easter morning, the God-man arose, authenticating the gospel message of forgiveness and new life in Christ. And in, in their seeing, they knew that this word was true. And if this word was true and this man could overcome death, he was worthy of our devotion. He alone was to be followed. The apostles preached the resurrection because in it they saw the affirmation of the gospel. Yet more than merely affirming the word, in the resurrection uh, we're reminded that Jesus Christ rose from the grave as the first fruit of the resurrection. Jesus rose bodily. The disciples, they saw Him. Uh, they, they touched Him. 
They ate with Him. The resurrection was a physical, bodily resurrection. And the truth that we have this morning is that in Christ, you and I share in this physical, bodily resurrection. In the physical, bodily resurrection, the worries that we have in this coronavirus pandemic, the worries of health, the the worries of safety, they're gone. They're gone because the resurrected body of Christ and the resurrected body that you and I will share is a redeemed body. It's a beautiful reality. It is beautifully certified, authenticated, validated on Easter, and it must impact us. But how? How are we to respond to Easter? Most years... Most Easter celebrations, we respond just like they did in the text, don't we? Maybe we're spurred on to, uh, to worship and to praise. We're, we're stirred by Easter in the moment, but then the next day we go back to the norm. It's what the disciples did before they saw His resurrected body. They... they They mourned, uh, but they moved on. It was good while it lasted. But now let's get on with it. Friends, that's the problem with event-driven cultural Christianity. That is good while we're on the mountaintop high. It's good while we're in the event. But if we're not keeping up the event, we've got nothing to sustain us. But instead, the resurrection calls us to marry our listening to our hearing so that we actually receive the Word of God. Jesus' victory over the death is a game changer. It tells us that it is all true. All of the Word of God is true. And this sustains us through the highs and lows of the Christian life, giving us hope. Consider the message of hope that the disciples would have received that Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday did not mark the end of their suffering. In fact, Easter Sunday, uh, in a very real uh, manner, was the beginning of their suffering. They were called to plant the worldwide church and they would go on to do so amidst the persecution that would come from religious rivals and governing authorities. Most of these disciples would die a brutal death. But their hope was no longer found in their circumstance. Their hope was no longer found in their experience. Their hope was found in Christ. They had seen the victory. And in Christ, that victory was theirs. The men who formerly ran away when the going got tough, who on the night when Jesus was betrayed, they ran from Him, they denied Him, these very same men now stayed. They endured. They loved because they knew the end of the story. And even if the suffering continued, the resurrection gave them hope through the suffering. 
Now consider the message of hope that you and I have today in our current pandemic. We don't know how long it will last. We don't know who will get sick. We don't know who will die. We don't know who will lose their jobs if we will lose our jobs. This Easter Sunday does not mark the end of our suffering, but it gives us hope that our Savior is victorious over death, that our God is all-powerful, that He is sovereign, and the gospel is true. It's true. So while we don't know the timeline or the extent of our pain, we know the conclusion. Let us respond to this Easter message by marrying our listening to our hearing so that we might receive the hope contained in the Word of God. But in addition to the hope that we find on Easter Sunday, this message of resurrection is a message of joy. Consider the ladies who went to the tomb. Consider Peter who ran to the tomb. Consider the two disciples walking the road to Emmaus. Jesus had spoken to them of salvation, of redemption, of Israel, but He was also their friend. And they watched Him die. They watched Him die a painful death. We know the pain of losing loved ones. We know the finality of grief and we can imagine the hurt that they felt that day. But praise be to God, Jesus rose from the grave. Death couldn't hold Him. Death lost and life won. And so on Easter morning, these people got their friend back. Can you imagine the joy as they realized that there He was? in front of them. Friends, through Easter, you and I now know that death is not the end. We also know this truth that death is still defeated. It is not final. That life is victorious. And in Christ, we will share in the resurrection. We've heard of this joy in the Word of God, but have we listened? Again, marry your listening to your hearing and receive the joy that is ours, that is found in the Word of God. This is the lens through which the disciples now saw how to interpret and understand the Word of God. They found it that first Easter and you and I have it today. It is the lens through which we are to interpret the entirety of the Word. It's the lens of the resurrection. But it's not merely the victorious lens through which we are to interpret the Word. It is the victorious lens through which we are to interpret our very lives. So in receiving this Word, through the lens of the resurrection, you and I, can fully and finally experience hope and joy. So I ask you, have you received this Word? Are you living experientially in light of it? Or 
is this Easter just another day on the calendar? Another celebration to, to fill up your, your calendar? Or uh, will it change you? Are you changed? Has the resurrected Christ made an impact on your life? When the Emmaus Road walkers finally received the gift of of open eyes, when they understood that the one they had hoped would redeem Israel had in fact redefined redemption on his own terms and then accomplished it, they finally realized they had been with Jesus. They reflected back on all that had taken place in this interaction. And they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while, we, while He talked to us on the road, while He opened to us the Scriptures? This, this burning of the heart is the, is the experience that they described of, of transformation. The impact of the Gospel. It is why we speak of conversion. To be converted or to experience conversion does not mean that we are now better informed so that we can continue walking the same path. Conversion means a radical transformation of the heart that takes place when our listening is married to our hearing and we receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. In 1738, John Wesley, one of the church fathers, recorded his own Emmaus Road experience as he wrote in his journal of the events one faithful London night. Wesley would write, In the evening I I went very unwillingly to a society in Aldersgate Street where one was reading Luther's preface to the epistles the epistle to the Romans. But a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ. Christ alone for salvation and an assurance was given me that He had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. That night... The Spirit of God applied the Word of God to Wesley's heart and nothing was ever the same. The resurrection of Jesus Christ validates the Word of God. The resurrection of Jesus Christ confirms the power of God over sin and death. The resurrection celebrates Jesus' shared victory victory that you and I can share in, will share in through faith in Him, and nothing will ever be the same. So I ask you, my friends, have you been listening? Has the resurrected Christ made any impact in your life? May today be the day where you listen and hear. Father, we praise You for the power 
of the resurrection, the power on display this day of all days. The power with which You transform our hearts that we might follow Christ, that we might experience Christ, that we might know hope, that we might live in joy. We praise You for Your power and ask, we plead, that You would bless us with it this day. In Christ's name, Amen.